film about? What's it really about? What genre does it hit? What is really being said? What's really being seen? That's what you're talking about. Hello there and welcome to the Intermission podcast where we discuss pop culture content anything that's out there and getting us excited. I'm Nitin Sundar and I'm joined once again by Narendra also known as Dodi. Say hi Dodi, what's up at your end? Hi everybody, how are you doing? Hey Nitin. In today's episode of the Intermission, we will be sharing our reactions and review to The Woman King starring Viola Davis and directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. I'm going to read the IMDb plot summary for this movie. Dodi, you should realize that this IMDb plot summary is pretty strange, by the way, which is why I'm, I'm reading it out. <laughs> okay, sure. A historical epic inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. As you can see, this IMDb plot summary itself <laughs> doesn't, doesn't pass the Bechdel test. It doesn't get into the details of what this movie is all about. So I'm going to hand it to you, Dodi, uh, okay. to tell us a little bit more about this movie and uh, what you thought about it. Okay, wait. For, I, I have to <laughs> talk about this IMDb summary. It says <laughs> literally nothing about the movie. This the is what reason it is. Why yeah. You, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, this, this is straight out of IMDb, right? It doesn't pass yeah, the Bechdel test. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite spectacular. This is... Yeah. Right, we are seeing firsthand, I guess, this is how... Uh, Erasure and whatever happens, right? Tomorrow, if you're running a filter through IMDb and look, you look for uh, synopsis that uh, speak of uh, women or warriors, you're not going to get this. Uh, this is literally <laughs> yeah. the women warrior movie, right? Yeah. Ah, great. Exactly. Okay. It's as generic as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, The Women King is about this warrior clan uh, that was part of the Dahomey Kingdom. Uh, the warrior clan was basically comprised of all women and was called the Agoji. I think we're all somewhat familiar with versions of the Agoji. We've seen them in the Black Panther as the Dora Milaje. Uh, I think all of us have enjoyed uh, those uh, portrayals by uh, Danai Guerrera as Okoye and a couple of others as well. What I want to talk about before we get to my review or our review rather of The Woman King is uh, I just want to take this episode, uh, take time in this episode to talk about different portrayals of Agoji themselves. The Black Panther obviously made it uh, quite exciting. And now we've got uh, Wakanda Forever coming out number 11th, I guess, or depending yeah. where you are in the world. Uh, so we're going to revisit that world again. We're going to revisit uh, okay, Okoye and the Dora Milaje. Uh, and I asked you to watch an episode of another TV show as kind of a companion piece to The Woman King. Uh, did yeah. you get a chance to watch uh, the Lovecraft uh, Country episode we were talking about? Yes, I have in fact watched uh, the Lovecraft Country show and I rewatched the episode in question where mm-hmm. uh, one of the characters gets transported in time and uh, becomes uh, a part of the Dahomey army, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so a quick uh, intro to uh, Lovecraft Country as well. It's an HBO show. It's basically horror filtered through the black experience in America. It's kind of uh, each of the episodes are standalone anthologies with a larger uh, serialized picture, but... Uh, they go through, you know, monsters that come out of dark, but filter through yeah. race. Go through the idea of a werewolf, but filter through race. 
the show didn't entirely work for me but i was quite taken in by the way the stories were told and the, by the way they took horror tropes and applied them to the story of race and uh, racial struggle in uh, america no surprise that one of the uh, main uh, shepherders of the project one of the exec producers is jordan peel who wrote uh, get out and uh, no open everything else uh, us as well so this episode uh, that i suggested uh, uh, to nitin that we should watch is uh, an episode called i am and i'll just give a brief little context to the story so there's some magical book there's our heroes are trying to figure out what's happening with all of that why are they connected with it and when i say heroes all of our main protagonists in the show are uh, african americans in the first episode the heroes uh, the leads uncle dies in an attack uh, to protect you have to uh, say who played the uncle <laughs> <laughs> the one and only mr courtney b vance Yes. What do you want to connect to Courtney? I'm going to connect something else to him. Why? Why do you? Oh wait. Oh uh, no. Actually, I I wanted to talk about uh, our guy. Oh uh, okay. Maybe once. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about Omar? Omar plays his dad, not the uncle. Omar plays the dad, of course. Sorry. Omar yeah, plays yeah. dad. Courtney Bivans, by the way, know. is huh. okay. So Courtney Bivans, by the way, is uh, married to Angela Bassett, the queen of Wakanda, and. Just, oh okay and just full stop the queen right i, I don't think yeah. she needs you don't need to define it with queen of wakanda she is just a queen across all kinds of work that she's done uh the dad is played by uh, the one and only michael k williams uh, the late great shot to fame as omar on the wire omar little uh, i can't yeah. whistle but if you can whistle i think now is the time <laughs> to do i this. can't whistle man i can't whistle <laughs> i mean if if you're talking about the king you better not whistle badly so yes. no <laughs> yeah yeah you come at the king you best not miss great yes yo yo so come on your omar coming man oh shit oh yeah She stands alone. So the uh, uncle passes away, and uh, they tell they don't tell the aunt the entire truth. And uh, a few episodes later, the aunt is trying to figure out what really happened, and she realizes that some of the story is not adding up. And this is her investigation of what happened to her husband. She travels through time, right? Or yeah. actually, I'm not even sure what exactly she does. It is a time capsule of sorts that uh, she sort of gets into and goes to different points of time in history. Yeah. First, I just want to say a quick shout out to the actress Anjani Ellis, who does a great job A in this episode, and B, you might recall her from uh, uh, playing the William sisters' mother in uh, ah, King Richard. Yes. Yeah. Again, an underrated and underappreciated performance. I think uh, Will Smith's uh, uh, Richard Williams doesn't really pop without the kind without of antagonist energy that, without the counter, not antagonist, counter energy. Yeah. Thank you, that uh, Anjani brings to that uh, role. So, without getting into too many details, she somehow sucked into a multi-dimensional portal. And the episode is titled "I Am," and it's about the identity of an African American woman and what she sees herself as. she gets an opportunity to pick any era and any place that she can go to and be uh, who she wants to be right so the first place she picks is uh, uh, paris with uh, josephine baker so this is josephine baker is an american born was an american born uh, french uh, dancer singer actress she was the first black woman to star in a major motion picture back in 1927 she refused to perform in the us uh because uh, she would have had to perform for uh, segregated audiences ah, so okay. she you know she used to do uh, broadway dances burlesque 
and uh, what happens with our character uh, we forgot to name her anjani ellis plays the role of hippolyta freeman aunt lyta as they call her lyta ends up being one of the transports herself and becomes one of the dancers in uh, josephine in baker's troupe and she's she gets to express herself as an artist she gets to see what life can be like if you live openly without any restraints josephine baker was uh, apart from being an artist she was also a civil rights activist in 1968 when uh, she when uh, martin luther king was assassinated she was asked to take over the civil rights movement what okay i don't know yeah. that yeah. yeah so she was asked to take over the civil rights movement she thought about it but finally uh, declined because she feared for the safety of her kids but you know for me at least things like the wire things like uh, even lovecraft country they've just given me an opportunity to kind of learn a lot more that i would not otherwise have known we just see what we see so uh, you know i wouldn't have known much about josephine baker i know her as an actress as a trivia piece i knew that she is kind of tangentially related to the civil rights movement but to see her being played in yeah. a show and being an idol for a character who's trying to figure out who they are i think that was quite uh, you know enlightening and interesting to see on that note right i i'm probably much less or much more poorly informed than even you are uh, given you actually spent some time in the us again just thinking about both lovecraft country and uh, i want to talk about also watchmen right both these shows have massive set pieces nice. mounted around the tulsa race massacre that happened yes i yes. i'm ashamed to say i didn't even know about the tulsa race massacre until i actually watched watchmen yes. all i knew about tulsa before that was that's where chandler bing got transferred <laughs> you know how people say that tulsa <laughs> is the terrace of oklahoma <laughs> what who says that people who have never been to paris <laughs> well, what's going on We're moving to Tulsa. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, so I mean, so, yeah. nothing to be ashamed about that. Neither did I, but by the way, neither did a lot of Americans either. Right? I mean, a lot of people spoke about it's not taught in textbooks. It's I, I guess. And yeah. it's an example. I mean, one thing is the riots part of it, but the other side was that there was a successful uh, high-income township populated yep. by african americans they yeah. had banks they had you know entire which is why they were attacked that place. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know you can see that and they were attacked like they were crazy like right. armed services attack right they were planes yeah. bombing them this isn't yeah. uh, this isn't some uh, riot so i think exactly. in some ways uh, potentially connecting back to uh, the conversation we had last episode about uh, the right wing in india and uh, yeah know, it's yeah it's it's quite stunning and uh, even uh, good digression with good rabbitoling with uh, uh, watchman yeah, even damon lindelof who wrote uh, uh, watchman who wrote and created the tv show watchman he spoke about not having known about the tulsa massacre until wow, he okay. read an article by uh, uh, tana c coats in uh, uh, the atlantic they were talking about the tulsa massacre and it's like what is this how do i not know this wow. i'm i'm considerably i consider myself to be well read and i have no idea what this is and he read about it and then he yeah. is and you know he wanted to figure out a way to put that back into the work that he does and he populated his room with a lot of uh, uh, actors of um, sorry writers of color creators of color talks about just sitting there and listening to what everybody else says and not making it about how to tell a story that he knows there are many things to get into in watchman including <laughs> the big reveal later that the yeah. key character yeah and that's again yeah to give it away the 
reveal that uh, Hooded Justice is actually a black man. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, is such a subversive idea, right? You're saying it the is, first yeah. ever hero, the two subversive ideas. Eh? Number one, the first ever hero, super costume superhero is a black man. Yeah. Right? That itself is already like, oh, you're coming after our, our uh, heroes. Our lore, our lore, so to speak. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Second thing, and this was, to me, the thing that really stuck out in that we're completely off track now. We're talking about the Watchmen, <laughs> but it's fine. Which is totally but, fine. Yes. Yeah. So the the thing that really stuck me in that episode is when he finally puts on the mask. Yeah. Right. And he's putting on the mask, not just to protect his loved ones. He will literally get lynched or killed. Yes. If a black man is seen trying to intervene in any kind of, uh, you know, trying to save people. He's fearing for his own life. He yeah. puts on the mask, which it, is it not is a complete subversion of the idea of the superhero mask. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how much fear there is. And that's how much yeah. uh, oppression that's happening at that time that he puts on the mask. Seems, I, th- I thought it was very, it was fabulous. Uh, and in fact, that episode, way of playing it around. Yeah. yeah. That episode, I think is amongst uh, up there with, you know, some of the best yeah. hours of television ever made. And, yeah. uh, I can't recommend that show enough for people who are listening. If you haven't watched Watchmen, who will watch the Watchmen? You will. So, yes. yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but good call to talk about that as well uh, here. Coming back to uh, Lovecraft Country. So, yeah, she lands up in... Uh, Josephine Baker's chorus line gets to interact with her. Uh, she then moves on to, she realizes what I need to be is a fighter. What I need to be is a warrior. And, yeah. you know, the constant refrain of the episode is, who are you? Name yourself. And she says, I am a warrior. And then she gets transported to the Dahomey. I am Hippolyta! Screaming won't save you now. You're not making a baby. You're in a fucking fight. To us, it's at least recognizable because uh, we watched Black Panther and we have some idea of, hey, this kind of looks like that, right? That's yeah. that's where it starts. And she ends up uh, training, learning how to fight, learning how to turn her anger and her strength, anger into her strength rather, and learning how to uh, become her own person uh, from a physical and mental point of view. Yeah. She then moves on from there. Before we go well, there, very quickly, yeah. we should point out who plays the, the role of the head of the Dahomey in the Lovecraft right. Country episode. You have seen the weep, right? I recognize your face, but <laughs> I could recall the actors. Go ahead. So that is uh, Sufe Bradshaw, who plays the role mm-hmm. of uh, Sue Wilson in Weep. Oh, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the secretary. <laughs> the president hasn't called yet. Sorry. <laughs> the president hasn't computer. called yet, yes. And she is the, the head of the... Sue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sue. Did the president call? No. Oh, Sue, did the president call? No. No. Sue, 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 did the president call? No. No. Yeah. Okay. Right. She's what a second. fantastic, iconic character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Sue, anyway. did the president call? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably one of the best running jokes of uh, Weep. Seriously. All yeah. Of yeah. One of the one best running period. jokes in all of television, right? Like across yeah. so many yeah. seasons, like that literally keeps happening every other episode and, yeah. and you laugh each time. <laughs> great call, great catch. Before Hippolyta moves on to the third uh, uh, segment of her uh, reinvention or uh, discovery of herself. Uh, sh- there is a short scene where she names herself George's wife and she goes back to yeah. a scene that we've seen earlier in the show 
and uh, she talks with her dead husband and i thought it was a really moving scene where koti b vance who plays george he first starts a little defensive he's obviously supportive of his wife which we've seen yeah. even earlier in the show but he starts a little defensive when he starts to feel a little attacked by her saying you made me feel small yeah and and then slowly he kind of takes a deep breath and says you're right i did the things that i yeah. needed to do and i i led you to becoming smaller and i led you to this place where you couldn't be everything that you were i thought that was very nicely done where it even was yeah shout out to all husbands who also observed karwa chauth by fasting along with their wives <laughs> no that doesn't make you progressive sorry to say long way to go but yes so i i thought that scene was really moving in the middle of all this fantasy and drama you again ground it into coming back to a real person yeah. and then she graciously puts her hand out to him and she says come along with me and she finally names herself a discoverer yeah right and she then gets transported along with him and he's happy to be second fiddle on her ride when they yeah. land on an ancient planet some kind of a extraterrestrial planet, planet with yeah. uh, aliens and all of that and she starts discovering things she basically becomes this uh, character that her daughter has been drawing in those uh, orinthia blues and yeah. she becomes that character even here um the moment she lands and just to speak about lovecraft country as a whole the moment they land on the planet uh, along with the music you uh, there's an overlay of a poem by a musician called Sandra who was a jazz musician composer he was one of the pioneers of afrofuturism mm. which is basically when you pull it all the way down that's wakanda's uh, epitome of uh, afrofuturism and you know he is a back in the 30s and 40s he was the guy who started uh, first working with synthesizers with electronic keyboards stuff like that. so at some point i got to this every time i watched the show i would keep like trying to figure out where this song came from where that particular speech uh, came okay. from where this came from and you start kind of learning a bit more and more she finally leaves from there as well and she, and she chooses to go back to be with her daughter because her daughter needs her help and she finally claims her name as hippolyta which by the way is the mother of uh, wonder woman oh um, really i don't know that yeah, one of the amazons right? that's that's where all of these start getting mixed you say dahomey amazons but really even amazon is a western concept that we are putting on to the idea of the dahomey it's basically uh, women warriors right um did you see the point of having watched that along with uh, the woman king oh i didn't go so many layers uh, into it for me ah. it was more just to see what the depiction of uh, the dahomey warriors was and i was uh, pleasantly surprised to see weep there <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that apart uh, yeah no i i didn't peel okay. any further layers no, that's fine and yeah like you said the uh, idea of a black woman who's otherwise not really doesn't have any agency from multiple sides a black b mm-hmm. woman and in this episode gets to uh, explore their identity right uh, yeah. and and literally what that episode is trying to say is the same thing that our parents have been telling us from the time we are kids right you can be anyone you want to yeah. be i think the way the story lands is is pretty good so coming so, to woman, woman king, king. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> an evil is coming that threatens our kingdom our freedom but we have a weapon they are not prepared for okay let's just start quickly with a few thoughts around the movie i was pretty excited i'm a fan of gina pin spyfoot from wild back and uh, some of you may have seen her uh, previous movie which was on netflix called uh, the old guard starring uh, uh, charlie stern it's an adaptation of a comic book and uh, 
they play a bunch of uh, warriors from ages ago who are immortal and who can't die yeah. and they go around doing missions across the world right yeah um, okay. i think the the best part of that movie was the first shootout that happens where uh, mm-hmm. you know charlie's theron and her group gets shot and you think okay what yeah. just happened okay is this whole movie going to be flashback what happened before they died and yeah. and then they slowly start stirring back to life like they've been riddled <laughs> with machine gun bullets and they just Uh, get up it start they, to come they back to life yeah, yeah i thought that was a that was a nice mass moment uh, <laughs> uh thereafter yeah the movie shows more of that basically it's a, it's yeah. a, it's an okay movie yeah so the one kick i quite like the movie uh you know it got me pumped up excited uh, the movie like the imdb summary so uh, <laughs> gloriously <laughs> says the movie is about uh, the agoji which is the uh, clan of women warriors in the kingdom of dohomi um and the goji is led by uh, uh, one warrior in particular called naniska who's the general naniska is played by uh, viola davis viola davis also produced the movie and uh, the movie centers on her and a few of her main lieutenants the entry point character the point of view character for us is uh, a character called navi who's a headstrong young girl who yeah. is being forced into marriage by her parents to a rich so called rich uh, landowner which she doesn't want to do and she fights back and her parents finally deposit her at uh, the king's guard uh, the st- story itself is about how she becomes uh, a part of the agoji and how uh, the goji then fight against uh, uh, the colonizers and one of their rival kingdoms the oyo empire yeah. if you were someone who wanted to stand up and cheer when you were watching wonder woman and gal gadot walks out into that no man's land trench yeah. takes off her robe and starts hitting all the bullets away and runs through the field and completely runs past no man's land yeah. literally yeah. to get to the other side and be the, if you were someone who cheered for that i think this is the movie that will work for you uh, it's quite powerful in terms of the action that happens the moments that it shows between characters even if you don't go all the way into how difficult it is for a woman to be a warrior or you know how difficult it is to be a woman in this world and especially at that time it's still uh, quite entertaining and exciting i think in the end really for me i had hit the point where when they started doing the war chant agoje ushu and i started doing that as well so you know i was cheering okay. in the theater and i was like pumping my fists and all of that So why don't you tell me what you thought and we can get into a few more details i know you had a slightly different opinion of the movie <laughs> no no uh, i think this movie was a success even before uh, was put out there just the fact that this movie got made i think makes it a success right yeah, uh, yeah. and i i'm reading from an interview that the director uh, gina blight gave you know a few uh, few years mm-hmm. back or or rather an, an interview she gave now where she said uh, her eldest son who was then a 13 year old marvel devotee and this sometime in the early 2000 late 2000s types right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. asked her why are there no black superheroes black panther was still not made at that point and she says that shook me it shifted my thinking i thought okay let me stop saying i wish i could and change that to i'm going to right mm-hmm. this again goes back to what we spoke about in the lovecraft yeah. uh, uh, country yeah. uh, piece right black in- panther is reality intentionality yes and yeah. and you have to uh, doff your hat to black panther right for for coming out there and 
making it possible for black stories to come out and be told right and and for yeah. proving that there is a market out there i think it was a phenomenal mm. success yes. it united black people around the world yeah. embrace that movie right so uh, i think couple of big uh, cultural moments really that must have uh, that actually made this movie possible right one of them is black panther the other probably is wonder woman right you can't it's tough to make women uh, centric movies it's tough to make black centric movies mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to make women centric action movies right yeah. somehow all of this had to happen in the last few years for uh, for the women yeah. king to get made and mm-hmm. i'm just glad that we are in a moment where a movie of this sort can be made and it's fantastic mm-hmm. that it's also a huge success so much to cheer uh, when you're watching this movie there is in fact uh, this one scene where you know the warriors actually jump into the water of a cliff which reminded me a lot of uh, a similar shot in wonder woman you'll keep seeing those parallels right and again obviously the dora milaje uh, are inspired by by this very clan mm-hmm. so there there is a lot a lot of references that you take as you mm-hmm. watch this movie stand alone also this movie has uh, you know it it says a lot it's not it's not a black versus white movie so to speak yeah. there there is yeah. enough uh, nuance in what they're trying to say because the dahomey themselves originally used to uh, you know capture blacks and uh, sell them yeah. to the colonists in order to be a prosperous kingdom and uh, the mm-hmm. the whole a crisis of conscience actually comes up in this movie as to whether they should continue doing that or not and yeah. all of that it's not a simple good versus bad uh, yeah. sort of storyline as well it's yeah. it's a fairly rousing Uh, mm. a nuanced story yeah yes yeah. what second uh, one thing about the point that you brought up about uh, uh even them uh, selling their captives as slaves you know there's been backlash to this movie as well from yeah. uh, your expected right wing side of things saying this is historically inaccurate and whatever else and really it's a bullshit argument cuz nothing is historically accurate like you're not yeah. this is not a documentary you're not lincoln is not exactly. historically accurate brave art is not just Can't only, you don't need to yeah. make a noise about everything just because you don't like it like only yeah. kashmir files is historically accurate no other movie exactly. tries to even be there yeah of course <laughs> go ahead yeah we, let's talk about the action yeah so uh, it's interesting as an action movie is it the most spectacular action movie that i've watched probably not is it is yeah. it is it bad as an action movie i probably don't i wouldn't say so i, I would say it's it's up there with a lot of the action fare that you get to see these days right i also mm-hmm. happen to watch ponneen selvan and this movie on back to back days uh, <laughs> i would say of the two the action choreography in this one was definitely better but uh, yeah. that's uh, it's a low bar must be said okay i'll i'll speak a little bit about gina prince uh, baitut so gina is an athlete when she was uh, young she was an athlete so she kind of sees women as being a lot more physical and capable of athletic feats and you see that in this movie as well and you can see it in her others movies as well she made a movie about uh, sports called love and basketball you can see that all of the uh, actresses have trained i don't know if you noticed but there's a lot of tag teaming kind of yes. action that happens you jump over one person's your partner's uh, back to get to somewhere else yeah. you're doing something with a weapon you throw another weapon to someone else they grab it mid air seamlessly and you know grab it and uh, kill uh, the next bad guy in front of them uh she likes doing these kind of interesting things and she likes doing it in frame so you see these yeah. people actually yeah. jumping and act- so there's a lot of training that uh happens with the actors and it's i i thought it was impressive that uh, viola at her age and i think she must be 55 57 maybe at this point i don't know at least 50 yeah. plus uh being able to do some of these uh stunt sequences and all of that and i thought also, that was pretty impressive she also trained very visibly trained right like very yeah she's she's definitely yeah, muscled see. up for the role and yeah. uh, Yeah, she's muscled up. You can see Lashana Lynch who played 005 
in the yeah. last Bond movie. I can't remember. Uh, but also was Captain Marvel's friend. She has a great role as uh, Izuki. She's uh, she really jumps off the screen. I think very entertaining and uh, yeah. fun. Yeah. Always uh, bringing uh, levity to uh, all of the scenes. But uh, yeah, they've done a lot of training. They've uh, really uh, uh, given their all to make action interesting and not really hide it within cuts or hide it within, yeah. uh, let's say, uh, spectacle and bombs and whatever else. Right? They, yeah. they, there's actual hand-to-hand combat that. Clearly, people have trained for. I I don't mean to diss the movies or the effort effort that has gone into the action choreography, yeah. but after having seen Mad Max and what uh, yeah what was done there, right? My problem yeah, yeah. with a lot of action choreography these days is that it's a headache to keep track of what's happening. Cameras moving yeah. all the time. But it's one thing you to do the quick it. cuts, right? Like uh, I remember reading yeah. somewhere that the reason you have so many cuts in movies today. as opposed to movies back in the day that were shot in film is you actually can cut now you could you not can. cut you can <laughs> yeah. and so and, and there are directors or there are choreographers who have taken that to the extreme right you you have yeah. scene lengths that are like 1 second 2 seconds on average yeah. and you literally can't keep track of what's going and mm-hmm. then you have uh, you know Mad Max Fury Road where George Miller ensured that he did a lot of planning to ensure that people audience would not struggle to uh, yeah. enjoy and track action choreography when it happened yeah. and i feel that needs to become a gold standard and i know it's not easy mm-hmm. for uh, uh, every director to do what he did obviously that's yeah. why that movie is special but i think having yeah. seen that and seen what is possible if a director mm-hmm. chooses to immerse himself into you know camera positioning yeah. and Absolutely. protagonist positioning i hope that more action movies do that yeah. going forward that's about agree it. agree on that the way she tells story through action right uh, yeah. even old guard has these couple of scenes where even though they are mortal they're not actually invincible so you know when they get hurt it still hurts they still have to like heal through that yeah. and it takes some time and everything has consequence you know the action isn't just something happened you hit someone and then you're fine the next moment or whatever it everything has a consequence it adds on to the next scene i think she takes that very seriously even in uh, woman king for that matter uh there's a lot of storytelling that's happening just behind like when uh uh navi first comes first gets sent to the uh, king's guard palace lashana yeah. lynch opens the door and that dad complains about this daughter and says you take her we don't want and lashana's expression is just like she's got this half smile on her face she's like yeah, i've heard this story 100 times this is how you know it happens you don't even need the you're not the first person to come here who's like this right she just everything is said on her face where she's just like yeah this is what happens you know we have like headstrong women and society doesn't know how to handle them so they have they to come, come here and here. become warriors yeah. here yeah uh, there are all these shots in the background of the warriors recovering they're sitting together you know they're holding each other's hands or they're you know helping each other through a difficult yeah. moment or post attack or post uh, fight uh, recovering through uh, action scenes uh this and it's not just action uh, she did the sports movie called love and basketball yeah which is about uh, women's nba and uh, there's a sex scene in that movie where uh, the lead characters sanalethan and uh, omar epps they have sex for the first time after prom okay they are best friends and they end up their neighbors they grew up together whatever and it's this really tender sex scene between the two of them what happened was they shoot the scene it has literally zero nudity okay there's barely some couple of uh, bare shoulders or something there's no nudity goes to the mpa comes back gets an r rating and she says oh, okay. like 
what do you want to do? And I'll, I'll just read a couple of quotes from an interview where she was talking about this. Right? You know, if you see the scene, it's all close-ups of their faces, really. You can't see anything else. It's just close-up of faces. Okay. She says, uh, when it came time to get our MPA grade on it, they gave us an R and it was because of that scene. Their argument was that the scene was too real, which is so bizarre. There's no nudity whatsoever in it. There's no grinding. So you're giving me an R because it felt too real. But that was the whole point. After trimming it and sending it back for rating, only to get an R again, you know, she did one more set of trimming and she's taking out like half a second because there's no shot to take out. There's no, right. what do you do? She's taking out like half a, half a frame here, half a frame there. And she's trying to make something happen. And finally, uh, she managed to get a PG-13 rating. And initially she was a little upset about it, but later she was like, at least I got PG-13. That means actually the audience that I wanted to watch it, which is young black girls, they get mm. to watch this movie now. So, you know, I don't have to feel that compromise. But, you know, I just want to talk about how you don't need the sex to sell the sex scene. And right. I mean, that's a gold standard uh, scene of, uh, you know, uh, how two characters connect. And it's all in the face. Imagine getting like rejected censored. by your censor board because you just show a close up to two faces. And I'm not even, it's not even like those faces are always going through like an orgasm or whatever. Like it's not even that. It's just everything's playing out on the face. Everything is happening there. So, you know, when she uses action to tell story, it's not just action, action, but literally any physical activity she uses to tell story. And I, I find that very like this important. Um, another thing I want to talk about was the idea of sisterhood within all of her movies and especially here. Uh, you know, the way uh, Naniska's Viola Davis' uh, second-in-command, Amenza, yeah. always knows when something is going, when her mood is off or when yeah. she's upset about something. She always goes, stands next to her. She's always watching. Right, right, And she's right. always checking on her and saying, hey, are you okay? Do you need something? She's always protecting her. They do a lot of that, right? There was this wonderful moment where when they do the the championship sequence, when they're trying to see who will become part of the uh, Queen, uh, King's Guard after uh, after all of the training. And they yeah. have this uh, trial kind of thing where everybody is... They run to, to the these. bushes and brambles. Yeah, and first of all, those thorns. And yeah. they, they take their time with the thorns also. Right? Yeah. She, she's, she's willing to show the pain that people will go through. They take their time with the thorns, which was like... Uh, like yeah. They they have to run through these uh, thicket of bushes that are uh, full of thorns and they have to come out the other side. And uh, there's this other character, the Mahi lady who's been, uh, who's come as a captive and who was given a choice yeah. to either leave or stay and become a warrior, train warrior. with them and become a warrior. You know, the, she's uh, she's the one who's right next to or ahead of our lead uh, heroine, right? And uh, she almost makes it to the end, but then uh, Navi makes it and finally wins. And she's standing behind and the king is crowning uh, Navi as the champion. Yeah. They cut to her again and you can see her being obviously upset that she didn't win. And any other movie would have taken this character to continue to be an antagonist till the yeah. end and maybe at the last. Either would have double-crossed them in the last yeah. fight because she's also not part of the Dahomey, right? Let's say she's an outsider. Quote yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been taken away from her family. Uh, would have either had a double-cross or would have had one of those final twists in the end where she comes in the way and takes a, a spear for our heroine or whatever, right? Yeah. But here... The moment uh, he uh, uh, crowns her the champion, she says all of you and he says yeah, they congratulations celebrate. to all of yeah. you. Everybody celebrates and they cut to the entire audience cheering and everything and they cut back to our heroine 
and she and this mahi lady are yeah. not just cheering they're hugging they're jumping hugging. yeah they're both extremely happy that they made it right you know competition yeah. is competition but we are sisters now when we've got each other's backs you know these are the little things that she does even in love and basketball there's this point where okay they're on some kind of a fight and he the guy in the movie uh, is out with another girl and she the our heroine walks in on them going out somewhere and he's got this you know he's just being an asshole basically he's they were in a fight and he was irritated so he's like yeah what what are you going to do right and she's just hurt and she walks away when the script was given to the studio execs they all said why don't we have a bit of a, like a cat fight here why doesn't she attack him oh, she's okay. athletic and she's dissing why can't she you know pull her hair or hit that other girl it would be great to have like a you know a punch and just to show that our and they're selling it as just to show that our heroine who's a basketball player right. is strong yeah. and has this thing and gina was like what are you talking about why should she hit her <laughs> yeah this guy is being an idiot right. <laughs> if she fucking hit him so she doesn't give in to these uh, easy characterizations and easy you know let's just do this and push this out are we doing spoilers uh, can we spoil? yeah yeah Let's yeah, so, spoilers uh, from here on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> do, do, yeah. Do, do. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, it's obviously revealed that uh, the girl is uh, Viola Davis' uh, daughter, right? And uh, yeah. so, my question on the, in the ending is, uh, so what happens now? Are, is she allowed to reveal that this girl is her daughter? Yeah, uh, it's left it? open. I don't think she reveals it, is my assumption. Yeah. But coming to that twist, to be honest, I don't think it was necessary. the story is powerful without that we didn't really need it this was a massacre you go again <laughs> yeah because you no know, i mean we don't need that much of a it would have worked even without that right it would have worked even if even she if just i agree yeah because uh, even she just thinks she could have been my daughter it could have worked see you need the other one you need the fact that you need the other one yes that she was uh, was uh, you know that, yes. raped and was uh, captive of uh, the uh, yeah. oyo general Yes. But you don't really need this as a reveal. Yeah, you don't that need this said, girl thought, to be a daughter. Yes. Yeah. That being said, I thought the final scene where they speak about, uh, you know, she, they're sitting at the temple and tribute place, saying goodbye to all the warriors that left. And uh, Thuso's character says, says something like, "I'm sorry that I was uh, something that was a source of pain for you." Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, to have come out of something that was a painful. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. experience for you and viola davis has to say you know you were not the one that caused the pain this is not on you yeah but i see i would have liked for the movie to explore that a bit more like to even have that conversation or to think about it i thought it was again a powerful thing but maybe it was also it was literally the last line of the movie i don't think they had I any more uh, space yeah. to go into it so yeah. they were like fine let's move on with it what did you think about to... the the reveal though the the shark tooth under the shoulder yeah, skin yeah. <laughs> seems like a fairly hardcore technique <laughs> to to mark it's a hardcore technique but it's a it's a seems like a also logical technique in some way right the baby skins are supposed to be super soft and whatever else so potentially skin grows on top i don't know but you imagine have having a shark oh we are not planning to shark shark to thunder my son yeah that would that would get classified under destructive testing so yeah, i'm not yeah. i'm not volunteering to put shark to thunder uh, my son skin but uh, i was reminded of uh, of a scene from pet which is uh, rajnikanth mm-hmm. film. Uh, so <laughs> in that film yes. uh, so rajnikanth is separated uh, from or rather his his young child is feared dead uh, 
in you know in a you watched the movie i guess no? i have yeah. yes so yeah so for the, the most unnecessary <laughs> twist of a twist that turns out to be not a twist <laughs> an untwist yes yeah, yeah. so <laughs> uh, yeah so rajnikanth is separated from his uh, toddler child uh, who is uh, feared dead in a bomb explosion or, or a shooting uh, you know that is perpetrated by the villain played by nawazuddin siddiqui later many years uh, pass and uh, he comes across this uh, kid who is purportedly or, or rather this grown adult who is uh, purportedly nawazuddin siddiqui's son uh, played by vijay setupati but he notices that he has uh, scars you know uh, scars of mm-hmm. whatever burn scars on his mm-hmm. shoulder we are led to believe and uh, vijay setupati is also led to believe that he is actually uh, rajnikanth's son and uh, yeah. and you know nawazuddin had taken him away from the scene of uh, the the bombing or shooting uh, and later it is revealed that this was not a twist it was a it was a trick that yeah. rajnikanth was yeah. playing uh, to get long con uh, it is a long con pretty lame but yeah for some reason that's what i was reminded of I wanted to say something else about yeah oh yeah so you missed the post credit sequence right yes so everything else ends and then uh, is uh, sitting near the temple right where they pay tribute to everybody she's sitting near the temple honoring the fallen warriors and uh, she's pouring some alcohol so it seems like a repeat of the previous scene actually she's pouring alcohol on the weapons of the fallen warriors saying thank you isogi thank you whoever she's naming a few of the warriors right the yeah. ones that we know who have died cuts to black like it's barely three four words she says thank you to three one two three names cuts to black and then you hear her say briana briana taylor who was the african american lady who was killed by this thing so she's drawing a parallel saying women warriors are still happening uh, okay, so it's just okay. one word it's not a reveal to the story or anything like that but uh, continuing to uh, draw straight lines to uh, situations even happening today that's pretty strong that's something Yeah, so yeah. We'll just quickly talk a bit about the performances. Well, I thought Viola was really good. You know, a uh, really worked hard on the role. Obviously, built up and all of that. But also, you see the way she walks. Very tired. It's like a weathered gait. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. She's like a veteran warrior who has seen so much. Battle scarred, but still. Battle scarred, yes, good. Of course, Thuzan Budu was great. Uh, if you haven't watched the Underground Railroad miniseries on uh, Amazon Prime, again, very difficult to watch. A lot about the uh, South, the racist South, and you know, uh, uh, slaves and all of that. But uh, made by uh, Barry Jenkins, who also made uh, Moonlight, right? And uh, Thuzan was really great in that. Uh, Lashana Lynch obviously was a lot of fun. I think uh, easily the most entertaining part of the movie in terms of you know just always having something fun to say. Rule number one: always listen to Isogi. <clears throat> yeah, I am. I, I am, am Isogi. Yeah. <laughs> I thought even Amanda was good. I did want to ask you. What did you think about John Boyega's yes. performance? Would be also his character. I wasn't fully sure what. Yeah, what I don't know whether he was, was it a joke. Was he? He reminded yeah. me of uh, this guy from Thirty Rock. I forget his name. <laughs> he was, he was uh-huh. a, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's enjoying himself. The performance wasn't bad, but I wasn't sure what the role was doing. Are we saying? Yeah, he was I mean, is he silly? Is he frivolous? Bad? Is he a good king? Yeah. Is he is he pliable? Uh, what whatever? Yeah, yeah he kind of jumps all over the place. Yeah, is he having imposter syndrome? It's unclear. He does eventually elevate your, the woman yeah, king, yeah. and uh, yeah, he he also you know uh, agrees to yeah. uh, you know question yeah. whether you know they should continue to support the slavery and yeah. all of that. So 
yeah positive shades there and it's, showing some level yeah. of flexibility i guess you know but you know it's one thing to say uh, everybody's human and therefore there's a mix of stuff but you need to come down on some defining characteristic right i felt that that was missing it felt more confused than oh this is a human experience you can't really bottle it under one thing Even that also, is complex this is this was more confused than complex it is confused yeah, and he's also cracking flippant jokes about his wives and you know yeah found that strange but he's really having fun and even if his wives when uh, when yeah. one of those wives uh, protests and leaves he yeah. sends other to go go talk no, to go her, her. Yeah, go my love her. my love even his first scene when he is like walking past all of his wives and he has a different my love my love my love <laughs> yeah. he has a different my love for each of them because they yeah. are <laughs> some <laughs> some sort of in joke yeah yeah cool. uh one last thing i wanted to uh bring up to end on a light note um do you know what the name of that actor is uh, the guy who played the colonizer the spanish guy he's uh, uh, ray fines nephew oh okay and he also played uh, he also played young voldemort in uh, one of the harry potter movies when he's playing the younger version no um, So he's his nephew. Okay. Uh he obviously finds in his name. Oh, yeah, that's right. His uh, f- first name is Hero. So his name is Hero Finds. Okay. His last name is Tiffin. Hero Finds Tiffin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is why the colonizers went searching for India and Africa. Hero Finds Tiffin. This was the headline yeah. the next day in the New Yorker <laughs> or the New York Times when Columbus <laughs> landed in what he believed was India. Anyway, Wouldn't this be a great like hero name for one of our I mean I mean if you can have Tiger Shroff I'm sure you can have Hero Tiffin <laughs> <laughs> would at least be up and coming star in India with a lot more like Felix um, I have one question about the movie though ah, see uh, i'm i'm going to draw a parallel here uh, well obviously this is afro futurism which is now and you're seeing a lot of movies getting made about it and it is great mm-hmm. and and they are fantastic movies right there's a good movie you have a similar sort of uh, movement that's happening in tamil cinema right now where uh, mm-hmm. there are lots of movies that are being made about caste and caste oppression yeah. right so paranjit yeah. uh, paranjit paranjit is the flag bearer of that movement and uh, i think he has really pushed down massive barriers and walls and he's opened now the uh, field so to speak for more creators so now you have a mari selvaraj who's come and made a couple of movies very hard hitting uh, movies uh, you know talking about caste themes in a way that was never spoken in tamil cinema earlier so my question mm-hmm. is uh, and some of those movies by the way are, are really good some of them are average some of them don't work as movies Uh, there is also this problem especially you know with indian audiences where they often judge a movie for the message what what is the movie trying to say becomes a lot yeah. more important and mm-hmm. very often you know movies get judged based on the message yeah. the message movie is the term that yeah, yeah. so my question was that right like when a movie such as this kind gets made in whichever industry right it's obviously mm-hmm. uh, breaking barriers taking taking something far beyond movies forward mm-hmm. right Uh, yes yeah. as a critic and as a fan do you should you then have a different yardstick in how you measure those movies because we should know that these movies are made for instance jina prince blight bythwood Bite, is bythwood <laughs> for instance <laughs> it's it <laughs> yeah. jina prince bythwood for instance is 
you know one out of you know thousands of women who probably tried to make movies on on uh, black women right and uh, she's the one that survived and came through so it wouldn't her journey is, has been much harder than what you know some other yeah. director's journey would yeah, have been yeah. so do you give them that uh, you know leeway when you judge their work some benefit of that yeah yeah so it's a complicated question that people struggle with a lot i tend to come down on two different kind of parameters one is is it good this movie got made and is this movie good are two different questions you want to answer yes right unfortunately it comes down to sometimes you can't say a movie is bad because yes you know it's the only movie that's come out like that and you want to support it or whatever some asian movies come out some whatever yeah you have to toe that fine line but i i tendly tend to come down to being more explicit about it's good this movie got made yeah on a personal level i also enjoy movies like this even if they're not as good as the other movies because i'm seeing something that i otherwise wouldn't have seen i agree so yeah. when i say good the only other comparison we have for good is the technique is better or so the action could have been better yeah. but that's not the story right the action yeah. is not the story correct whoever we see fight we see fight it's fight yeah so that's that's not the thing so if it comes down to this movie is any movie which is quote and quote a message or a value driven commentary movie, yeah if it commentary movie or a value driven movie even if it is slightly lacking on the filmmaking front yeah i personally t- tend to enjoy it because i'm like the filmmaking part can be solved you'll get more money you'll get better like special effects you'll get better people who will be able to train and shoot and whatever yeah. like if you had to make it on your phone you made it on your phone the point is is this story worth telling and have you told a good enough story with it yeah. which i think this passes in shades there is also the question of they tell stories in a different way so sometimes the yardstick also is not very clear right even like the way she does action sometimes feels a little i'm not entirely certain it's the most strong way to do it but that's only because i've been conditioned by the way action movies yeah. have been made so far yeah. male driven action movies have a particular way of being shot but the idea of doing tag teaming stunt work and showing longer shots is not very different from what a john wick or anybody else or you know any of these david leach is doing she's doing things in her action scenes that others are not i'm just picking action as an example yeah. really i come down to also maybe we need to learn how to watch some of these movies and like if you watch let's say uh, have you seen reservation dogs i know i no i've not seen i've not seen it yeah no. so you know these are new types of stories so you they won't necessarily follow the standard three act structure they won't necessarily follow the hero's journey they might have a different way of telling stories so if you don't get a chance to look at it that way and they are trying to potentially just to be able to get released they are trying to force it into a hero's journey scenario and we are interesting you yeah. know struggling with well it's like 10% variance from the hero's journey so it's not making sense to me but they have like pushed 50% from what story they were trying to tell to even get here and maybe if you follow that journey of that story it's a lot more interesting and this happens everywhere it takes time to develop your own version of that storytelling i'm being very like uh, general and vague here but no, i don't fine. know how to be yeah. more specific about this so, so on that note right i was briefly reminded of this other podcast that i was listening to recently and i don't even remember which podcast it was but it mentions this uh, company that you might have heard of or not it's called make love not porn it's uh, yeah, so cindy gallop uh, is the name of the the woman who runs this company so uh the podcast was about you know what this is all about right and her take is that the entire pornography industry has been made mm-hmm. by men forever right mm-hmm. in fact it's made by oh, one okay. company which uh, which yeah yeah owns all these right. other uh, you know porn websites mm-hmm. her point is 
porn obviously is largely being made for men as well uh, and uh, yeah. men tend to have a certain view of sex and of women based on the kind of porn that they've been yeah, seeing yeah. right and she's like yeah. porn can be very different if women are actually yes. hemming it and making it right so that's yeah. that's broadly the premise so she and her company makes uh, makes porn and uh, right mm. and it's it's made by women it's made in a very different way and she believes yeah. in a much healthier way than men yeah. make it and and that comes back to your point about how action gets shot right we are all conditioned to action yeah. from the lens of male directors mm. and suddenly now we yeah. have a new way to consume and enjoy action why not bring it on right yeah you're right everybody brings a perspective right we are just trying to fit it into the template that we know exactly we right. are used yeah. to a particular template is there still skill and is there you know like at least for gina she's been making movies for a while now getting to even make old guard for netflix which was like 70 80 million dollars i yeah, think it's about 50 million dollars yeah. yeah. you don't get to even play in that sandbox yeah absolutely. how many can you name name another i can name exactly one more black woman director well two more now uh-huh. uh one zeva duvane ah who, right uh, yeah right and uh, then there's uh, now this lady called nia de costa who made okay. uh, who made this uh, horror movie recently which had yeah abdul mateen i'm forgetting the remake of a old horror movie until they point. get the chance to play with that kind of money and then create their own language around it it's going to take some time uh, yeah. it's fine and this has happened by the way i used to have this major problem back in the late 90s early 2000s when all of these rahul bose movies used to come out oh do you remember the time when yes. all the rahul bose crossover and they movies all <laughs> crossover movies and they would all at least one of the side stories would hit some child abuse molestation yeah, or one yeah. of these hot button issues and then it became like Yeah. Those, these movies are not good. Yeah. Like I get it you're trying Those to Those were the movies, movies that should have been boycotted. Yeah. Correct. Because they were bad. <laughs> I was like I get it like shine a light all through but sorry these movies are shite. There were a number of them that were yeah. downright unbearable to watch. So oh, yeah. you can you can say okay good for your message but sorry like you need to get better at making this stuff. And that wasn't a lack of technique or ability or money. I mean a lack of technique or money that was a lack of ability. You don't know how to tell a story yeah. then Yeah. back off figure out somebody needs to tell a story and sure these topics need to be talked about and told but better uh, yeah you know, yeah but find somebody who can tell a story better but yeah there were lots of those at that time so i i had this problem back then when i would be like ah this movie sucks mm-hmm. and somebody like how can you say that look at how it's like and yeah like, that's okay yeah that's fine yeah. but yeah it's a shit movie let's uh, there are two different things we are talking yeah. about the quality of the movie versus the point of the movie On that note, a uh, recommendation that. for you, Dodi, and for our listeners mm-hmm. to uh, watch uh, Paranjit's new movie, which came out, I think, roughly a month back. It's called uh, mm-hmm. Natchatiram Nagargiradu. Uh, it's okay. a wildly experimental movie. Uh, I, I saw it a few days back. It's it's on one of the streaming platforms. It's bizarre. It's interesting. It's it's uneven, but uh, again, it it says certain things that have never been told before in Tamil cinema. uh is the craft as good as it can be actually not it's it's not even ranjit's best movie i would say and he's actually a fairly good director but yeah. Uh, but yeah it's it's still a very it's it's one of those movies where you 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 will not take your eyes off the screen if you are watching it right it's it's fairly long it's more it's i think 2 hours and 40 minutes or something but mm-hmm. you can watch it with subtitles so natchatram nagar girada it's streaming on somewhere okay. <laughs> yeah okay we'll find it um can you also tell us what the podcast was that you were talking about i think you only told us the name of the company and i didn't name. figure that out i don't remember and this can. is an interview with the maker of the it was a short interview with her i think it was one of the uh, 
Prof Galloway podcast. I'm not sure. I think it is a Scott Galloway okay. podcast. Anyway, I'll find the link and put it. Yeah. So that was a review of the Woman King. Um, as you can see, I was uh, very much taken in by it. Well, Please it's a review it. of the Woman King, which uh, spanned uh, Lovecraft country to start with. Uh, we went to Watchmen. <laughs> we went to Weep. Yeah. Even before we came to Women King, I think we had spent about uh, yeah, what, we, what, thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, eventually we got. Not that. to mention, we finally took it to uh, Paranjit and yes. to cast-based filmmaking. And uh, unfortunately, a place where all of these names will also get tagged with uh, one and only Rahul Bose. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. What's that? That's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we don't quite know what we're going to do. but We don't uh, know if we'll be back next week. week, but we will be back for sure at some point of time in the future. Uh, we will Fair see. enough. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Let's not keep our listeners waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nitin. Thanks, Dodi. This Please was fun. Uh, like, review, rate, subscribe, listen to our podcast, pass it on to your friends if you enjoyed it. And send um, us your feedback at uh, Yo Intermission on Twitter. Let let people know about us. We are still in that phase where we are looking for our early cohort of avid listeners. And if you are one of them, please spread the word. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.